Hi, I'm Gabby Augustine, and welcome to Off She Goes, a podcast that features conversations with Gen Z girls of color who are making bold moves and changing the world. In this episode, I'm speaking with Audrey Pei, who is the 18-year-old founder and executive director of WeTech, which stands for Women in Technology. It's a nonprofit organization that aims to educate and empower you to make a difference using technology. Her work with WeTech has garnered her recognition as a 2019 Global Teen Leader and 2019 Zonta Women in Technology Asia-Pacific District Scholar. Audrey is based in Manila, Philippines, and is currently on a gap year before heading to Stanford in the fall, where she plans to major in science, technology, and society. Audrey is my first Filipina guest on the podcast, which is very exciting. We have a couple of mutual friends, and I've been following her for quite some time now, so I'm really looking forward to chatting with her. In this episode, we will discuss her experience growing up in the Philippines as someone who's interested in tech, her gap year journey, balancing work in school as a full-time student, and how she established WeTech. And yeah, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi, Audrey. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Hi, Gabby. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to chat with you today. Uh, first off, just tell the audience like a little bit about yourself. Sure, sure. So hi to everyone listening. My name is Audrey Bear. I'm 18 and the founder and executive director of WeTech, which is short for Women in Technology. WeTech is a nonprofit organization based here in Manila, Philippines, that aims to educate, inspire, and empower youth from around the world to break gender barriers and use tech to make a difference in society. I started WeTech when I was 15, a 10th grade student, and now we've grown into a team of over 72 high school college students and fresh graduates from not just the Philippines, but the US and the UK. So really crazy. Um, I'm also on a gap year, yeah. um, wrapping up my gap year before hopefully starting this fall at yeah. Stanford. <laughs> I love that. Um, I'm curious to hear, like, when did your interest in tech or like STEM begin? My tech journey really started in middle school, but not in a in the conventional. I took a CS class kind of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it really started when here in the Philippines we actually have to take a computer class according to the national curriculum. Right. But it's not a computer class with um programming at yeah. all. It's like how to use Excel, Word, exactly. PowerPoint. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And honestly, 13, 12, 13 year old me did not find that exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, until one day my teacher decided to go completely off curriculum and introduced us to this quick game where a snake had to navigate a maze using blocks that represented lines of code. Mm-hmm. And when you click the button, it would translate those blocks into a JavaScript, I think it was. Oh, wow. Um and that was where my first interest started. Yeah. I, I asked my teacher if we would be learning more if we would you know be going um to really deep dive into programming and really learn different programming languages and hopefully you know one day develop apps and websites but she said that it wasn't part of the curriculum Mm -hmm. but if I went online I could access a ton of free online resources and for the rest of middle school and high school that's what I did like I would literally google free CS tutorials, I'd go on Codecademy, code.org. Mm-hmm. I found like the introductory Harvard CS um, lectures for free on YouTube and I'd watch that in my spare time as well. Um, and that's what really kick-started my interest in tech because I, I realized like in that moment um, yeah. after that fateful encounter in middle school that the apps and websites I relied on on a pretty regular basis were mm-hmm. made using code and to me it was so exciting that I could like learn this mysterious language of computers. You mentioned that experience of like in the Philippines where the curriculum is mostly like you know in computer class 
uh, just teaching like Excel, Word, like kind of the basic stuff. I remember, I mean, since first grade up until like 10th grade, I always had like a computer class each week, but it wasn't as, it's not as coding like heavy. And I love that you used uh, the internet to teach yourself. I feel like that's a really great way to do it if you're really interested in something and you think your school uh, doesn't provide that. I feel like the internet is a really great way to do that. I have like a lot of friends right now who are using this quarantine period to take advantage of online courses. Yeah, definitely such a such a great resource. Like living here in the Philippines, like as you know as well, mm-hmm. like it's such a privilege to have internet access. For sure. And like, yeah, like I read somewhere um, according to a report by the Philippine Statistics Authority that roughly half of the country lives without Wi-Fi. So just like to have that opportunity mm-hmm. to learn online, especially now during um, the lockdown season. Like right. now more than ever, like I'm more aware of this privilege and I feel like more people should know that as long as you're connected to the internet, like the learning opportunities are endless. I totally agree. Um, and what was it like growing up? Uh, in the Philippines, though, like as someone who's interested in tech, did you think you have that support system or like resources to pursue that? Growing up in the Philippines, I I have to say that a huge part of why I started VTech in the first place was because I didn't experience support Hmm. um, in entering the tech industry. Like to kind of jump off of my story about how I got into tech in the first place, like I had been doing those CS tutorials at home, quietly, not really telling anyone about it besides my parents um, for the rest of middle school. And then come high school, um, for those of you that aren't like familiar with the Philippine education system, like people start asking you about like what course you want to take, what schools you want to apply to very, very early on, because here like it's very uncommon to shift out of the course that you apply to. Um, so it's kind of like you have to decide early and then you're expected to stick with it yeah and it was something that prompted me to start telling people very early on that I wanted to go into computer science Mm -hmm. or some sort of tech course Um, and I was met with a lot of pushback honestly from my immediate community and that the guys in my class were really surprised because they said like oh Audrey we didn't know you were into video games because to them like tech exclusively meant video games whereas the girls said stuff like, oh, um, you're so brave for wanting to go into tech. Like, no mm-hmm. other girl in our grade wants to do it. Um, because in, uh, in my grade at the time, in ninth grade, there was literally one other girl that wanted to go into STEM and she wanted to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my parents, on the other hand, were very, very supportive. Um, but they both were former bankers. So they did not know how to you know, guide this interest I had in tech. And I think it's really the the feedback that hit me the hardest came from a teacher that told me that she couldn't imagine me in tech. She said it in Filipino. She said, oh, or depend di ka bagay sa tech. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. And to hear that from an authority figure, yeah. somebody that I looked up to so much, really made me kind of, not kind of, but really made me doubt myself. I started thinking like, am I right to like want to go like dive into this tech thing mm-hmm. I've only been doing like online tutorials like maybe this is going to be just like a phase like I was second guessing myself because of that comment from that one mm-hmm. teacher and then I stopped myself and I said like no it's not that I can't do it I told myself that I believe you know in this in this field and how promising it is and it, how it can potentially like contribute to like creating mm-hmm. a positive impact to me it was more like why did my teacher think that I wasn't bagger? Like, I didn't fit. And I realized it was because 
in our country, like, and I think generally also in the United States, like, there are so little women in tech role models. And that's where why I made it my mission to, like, find my mm-hmm. own role models. That's crazy that a teacher would say something like that. And yeah, for sure, I feel like I would feel very discouraged. But at the same time, I feel that that would also motivate me to prove her wrong and really create something and pursue tech for sure. Have you noticed, like, what do you think the curriculum in the Philippines is like doing really well in tech and what can also be improved on? Do you see like any differences between tech or STEM in the Philippines and maybe other countries? That's a really, really good question. I think... I became really aware of how outdated the Philippine tech curriculum curriculum is nationally when I learned about the CS education available in countries like Israel, for instance. So I remember hearing and researching on this because when I visited MIT's campus, the, the, Israel, the Israeli Minister of Education was talking about how their CS program is really like world world renowned. And when I listened to his talk, I learned that as early as middle school, every student is required to take a CS or introductory CS class if you go to a public school there. And they depending on your how good you excel early on, they kind of shift you up towards more advanced classes so that mm-hmm. if you get really, really good at programming, the Israeli government will hire you. So they really have like, wow. um, yeah, they really have curriculum in place to really hone mm-hmm. the next like kind of Israeli leaders of tech. And I realized looking into like the US system as well, like with how APs are available right. as well in computer right. science, like that's something that isn't available here in the Philippines. Because mm-hmm. when I was trying to like do a DIY path of my tech journey or really just like planning things out because I'm a really big yeah. planner I realized that I couldn't take there's no option for me to take a CS class if I stayed in my local high school because mm-hmm. I ended up transferring to an international school okay. in part to get a better shot at going abroad but also because CS was accessible at the international school through okay. the international baccalaureate program yeah. um, and I think it was really messed up that I had the only solid chance I had to take CS at at a high school level was to transfer to an international school, which I know like financially is such a privilege to be able to do. Um, So definitely like the CS education here needs a lot of work. And while it's so good to teach skills like Microsoft, Excel, Word, um, I do think that if we want to be competitive, especially in light of our neighbors like Hong Kong and Singapore, we need to like, State, uh, we need to put in really a national um, CS yeah. class even at a very like early age as well to really get students um, girls and guys really really exposed to tech early. I want to transition to talking about uh, WeTech. You kind of mentioned it in your introduction but what is WeTech, the goals and its mission? Sure sure so WeTech's goals overall are to educate, inspire, and empower Filipino youth to break gender barriers and use tech to make a difference. And we do this through an annual Women in Tech conference, which is actually the first Women in Tech conference for students and by students in the Philippines back in 2018. And that conference was really inspired out of seeing these Women in Tech gatherings, conferences like Grace Hopper happen in places like the U.S. and that just got me thinking like why don't we have something like that here in Manila that's accessible to Filipinex and just really a way to bridge 
um, student interest in tech with these women in tech role models whose stories deserve to be heard. So we've been doing that. We also, after that Women in Tech conference, started launching Women in Tech Teach programs. We teach programs for short. And these programs essentially serve to go into different, to give marginalized communities first-time access to computer science and computer literacy resources in general. So we're talking about areas like Marawi, which is the southern part of the Philippines that was bombed in 2017 due to suspected terrorists. And we were teaching kids living in evacuation centers how to use Microsoft Office and specifically Word and PowerPoint because a lot of the students that we interacted with had never um, used the laptop before. And these were students that had never like heard of programming. So when we introduced as well, programming via scratch, like you could really see the excitement in their eyes as, you know, it, was, mm. it sounds a bit cliche, but it's as if like the possibilities like open yeah. right in front of them, just seeing them play around with, with scratch. So that's, that's an experience we try to bring to different student groups around the country. We've taught over a hundred students how to code for the first time. And we're really overall, aiming to close not just the gender gap, but the tech accessibility gap that exists here in the Philippines. That's amazing. Um, when do you plan uh, like events like this, like conferences and workshops and all of that? We aim to schedule our Women in Tech conferences every um, March or April, but because of the yeah. coronavirus this year, it had to be, this one, the one for 2020 had to be postponed. But mm-hmm. generally we, do a lot of even even though our events are scheduled generally then we tend to do a lot of online content as well that comes out year-round so we have a women in tech blog and that's how we actually started at WeTech when I launched a blog in 2016 to try to highlight these stories of women in tech that I had met via Instagram and LinkedIn and literally just cold message and asked to interview yeah. um, so that's a running compilation of the different very inspiring stories of women in tech and we also produce content in terms of not just like features, but as well as like top five TED Docs by women in tech you should check out. Yeah. Like book recommendations related to women in STEM, that sort of thing. Because uh-huh. we try to really create um, online resources that can help give essentially a support system to young girls that are contemplating careers in tech but don't really know what to do. Yeah, I love that you've made it really accessible through online resources like that. And I'm also curious to know, like, how did you build your team? Because you have more than 70, like, youth involved from more than three countries, which is crazy. It is really crazy. Like, I think 15-year-old me never expected mm-hmm. WeTech to grow this big and this international. Um, a big part of our growth as an organization really dealt with social media. And that from the beginning, I really made sure to post and create a study like online presence via Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook so that when we started recruiting, we would make our pubs really, you know, accessible online and we would really make an effort to ask partner organizations to share things to the point that when we reached 2017, or sorry, we reached 2018 and released public applications, um, internationally, we got such an amazing response. And I think that's the beauty right now of social media. Mm-hmm. Like, we posted like a pub on Twitter, and 
somebody with like a really good following from here in the Philippines yeah. retweeted it and suddenly we were getting like all these applications from people that said they heard about us through this girl's Twitter account. Yeah. So because of that, we it, it's gone so far and I think I'm really I'm really grateful that because of these platforms, because of social media, WeTech is bringing in people that aren't necessarily, you know, going into technology exclusively. Like, we have a lot of people interested in, like, the intersections of mm-hmm. biology and tech, of art and tech. And I think that's what makes our team really diverse. Yeah, I love that social media has really, like, helped the process for, like, building a team and definitely using social media to, like, reach out and, you know, cold email and kind of reach out to mentors and all of that. And I'm curious, like, what is WeTech doing different in comparison to other women tech-focused organizations? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. We, as an organization, really started out advocating for women in tech. And we know that there are a lot of really, really amazing organizations worldwide that also have a similar mission. And we're trying to, you know, up until now, establish partnerships with those different orgs. But I think what really sets us apart, especially in the context of the Philippines, mm-hmm. is our thrust to advocate for tech equality in terms of access, especially, mm-hmm. and access to opportunity. Um, because I think the women in tech conversation in terms of representation abroad is about inspiring girls mm-hmm. to, to go into tech, whereas here in the Philippines, the socioeconomic right hurdles itself like limit a lot of girls already and a lot of just young people in general Mm -hmm. and I think it would be very very unfair for us to talk about equality as like our founding principle here at UTEC if we were only servicing you know those people that could afford to go into technology because they had the resources the wi-fi and laptops at home to be able to do so and a huge part of my story personally is that I had the resources and I could go home and look up serious tutorials and do it when I was like, you know, done with homework at home. Mm-hmm. And that's, we won't be able to replicate stories like mine unless like we give people that starting ground. And I think that starts with going out to different marginalized communities, talking about what computer science is, telling people that you can, you know, learn how to code and here are some like ways to start. So that's, I think, what really sets us apart. And in the Philippines, there's no other organization that has yeah. a thrust like that, that's gender and um, tech access slanted. Mm-hmm. And when we talk to a lot of people about what we do, we find that it's one thing to talk about gender issues here in the Philippines, but it's still quite taboo. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. another thing to really try to disrupt that tech bubble that exists here in the Philippines. Because I find that based on just my experiences, going to networking events, speaking at conferences, the tech scene is very concentrated in the cities and especially with those people that have like the money and the resources to be able to access it. So for us to disrupt like the gender aspect and the bit of the exclusivity bubble that <laughs> exists here are two things that really set us apart. I think VTech is actually the first like I think organization that I saw that space in the Philippines that really challenges that you know gender barrier and really providing the resources for young women and young girls which is amazing um do you think there's already more kind of organizations that are starting to build up and starting to uh, become more accessible for the youth in the philippines compared to when i founded retech in 2016 mm-hmm. definitely there's more student-led student-founded Okay. organizations and I think that's that's really exciting because I'm I mean going back to our discussion about social media I get like these cold messages 
from high school, college students that tell me that they're interested in starting their own nonprofit and they want yeah. my advice. And to me, that's just a really, really amazing indicator of the change and how we should be optimistic about like the Filipino youth because so many people that reach out to me and tell me their stories about why they want to start a nonprofit, talk mm-hmm. about you know their personal um their personal reasons that they talk about how the problem that they want to solve whether it's tech or um lack of access to clean water or agriculture like people a lot of the youth that I talk to have very close ties to these issues and feel very strongly about why they need to be solved and the fact that they want to take change very take action very early on is very very exciting and it's something that I hope continues in the next coming years because when we tech started in 2016 I virtually had no one to look up to in terms of starting an organization and it was very very difficult for me to kind of create this roadmap as a planner because there was no model for me to follow and yeah. I hope that in some way WeTech provides a model or inspiration to other yeah. young people and even if they want to pursue an advocacy completely separate to women in tech, I hope it provides kind of this evidence, you know, as a Filipino or Filipina, you can do it. You can, you yeah. know, start up your own thing and take action. Yeah, I love that more people are reaching out to you and asking for mentorship. Mentorship, And I'm glad that you're like now an inspiration for, you know, these other young people. And yeah, that's so exciting to hear that. And I'm hoping to see more uh, youth-run or women-run uh, organizations in the Philippines. And now I kind of want to shift uh, the conversation to your life like as a student and a founder of a nonprofit. Um, you're currently doing a gap year. Did you always know that you were uh, going to take a gap year? Honestly, I did not. <laughs> the decision to do a gap year really came about in my senior year of high school, quite last minute I think compared to to others and it was born out of WeTech really picking up speed in my junior and senior years of high school and my parents are very very supportive so they would drive me to and from school to and from different speaking engagements that I'd go to after class um, on weekends and different events networking things and they saw very closely how WeTech is so much more than just an extracurricular activity I put on my college application. Mm-hmm. And when they saw how hectic things were getting for me come senior year, balancing college applications, my extracurriculars at school, um, because I led my school's model UN team and I did tennis as well. And with WeTech, like all of these things got just honestly so chaotic. And it came to a point that I was crying in my school's bathroom because of how tired I was, because I was barely getting any sleep. Yeah. And when I confided in my parents about it, they, or just the stress in general, they told me that maybe it would be a good idea for me to take a gap year to focus on WeTech. And they told me that they would be supportive of it because they knew that I had so many plans for VTAC that I felt like I would miss out on by going to college straight ahead. So I'm very, very thankful that my parents yeah. put the idea in my head and supported me yeah. um, throughout the way. And I think, honestly, the 
the, the funny thing is that the pushback really came from my peers and some of my teachers really? because yeah it was it was quite strange because my classmates upon hearing that i wanted to defer a year before heading to stanford were, were telling me things like oh like are you crazy like you already got in like aren't you excited to go you know and then my teacher joked like don't pull like a uh, mark zuckerberg and like drop out oh like, like um but i assured them that i would go and i think it just speaks overall to the lack of i think resources and just knowledge about gap years in general here in the philippines yeah Sorry, I was about to say that it's pretty rare for parents to support or have an idea of what a gap year is because it's not really common in the Philippines at all. So, it's really cool that your parents are, you know, supportive of you throughout like this entire thing. Yeah, exactly. Like my my parents, they both were born and raised here in the Philippines. So, when my relatives found out that I was taking a gap mm-hmm. year, they were the ones that were saying to my parents like, "Whoa, like are you sure like this yeah. is really really like this is really out of the blue and i'm really so grateful to my parents for not just like investing in and believing in my education like transferring me to international schools and supporting my gap year but overall their trust as well that i would use this year well to really build vtech and i think they saw how much it was bothering me that in high school i had like this this weird honesty sense of guilt like when i was working really hard on vtech i'd feel bad because i would think oh shocks i should be studying i should mm-hmm. be working on my common app right. but then when i was working on my common app or studying i'd think oh i should be doing more stuff for vtech i should yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. like a never ending uh-huh. cycle and when i i think it was another thing that really helped my parents like support my decision of taking gap year because when i when i told them that they said that i shouldn't go into college on the other side of the world where all these new experiences await me thinking that i wish i was back home mm. you know they wanted me to like live as yeah. easy as the talents like my college experience to the fullest and that's something that i think is very unconventional and that my parents supported the gap year very early on and they were also doing like their own research about you know the college application process going yeah. abroad and gap years and things like that because they they too didn't know any other teenagers that were on gap years Mm-hmm. Um did you know that you wanted to study abroad? I started thinking about it in my freshman year of high school and it was honestly just a passing thought mm-hmm. um until I actually went online and this is a really like recurring theme of my story whenever I don't have resources I just go online and yeah. google things. No same same. Um, and yeah I found all the websites of these schools particularly ones in the US and the UK and i discovered that the courses available abroad especially in tech are so so different compared to what's available here in the philippines where when you think of technology you think of cs and it and like computer engineering right. like there's not much else besides it so seeing like the course selection in the US and UK seeing how in the US particularly like in liberal arts colleges you can take courses outside of your major mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. really excited me and that's what really got me kind of like rabbit holing into like these youtube videos and yeah. like college blogs oh my posts. gosh same <laughs> yeah i'm the first in my family like study college here in the states and i moved during my senior year of high school So uh I was like oh time to apply to colleges and I didn't really know what the ACT and the SAT was and had to do that 
like all by my own and YouTube videos definitely like helped with that. And, you know, watching vlogs and like college advice from people who are studying here. Uh, yeah. And I want to go back again with your, during your gap year, um, how did you plan your gap year and what did you focus on during that time specifically? Oh, the, the gap year planning process, a, a chunk of it came from a single day actually. Um, and the story behind that was I had heard from all the schools that I applied to in the U.S. within the span of two days. Mm-hmm. And a majority of the schools, all except Stanford, I heard back from on one day. Yeah, and, yeah. and when I didn't get into any schools on that one day, I I sat down with my parents and they told me that it was okay for me to apply to schools again during my gap year. Mm-hmm. Like the option was there. And again, like I'm so grateful that that option was presented to me. And what I told them is that, you know, if, if things didn't work out with Stanford, then I would. I would do the gap year and work on VTech and apply to more colleges in the US and really expand my options as well. And after that conversation with my parents, I just sat down, opened up a Word document made a timeline. I listed down, I think, the months from June 2019 up until um, June 2020. And I roughly put down like some ideas, milestones I wanted to like accomplish um, during my gap year. Like just a really, really rough plan. Mm-hmm. And overall activities I wanted to work on besides VTech. So right now I'm doing a reading challenge. Oh, I'm trying to that. read like a hundred books oh during my, my gap year. I, oh my God, I love that. I love that. I'm like Thank way behind, I'm way behind my reading challenge because my goal is 50 for this year and I'm like way behind I've been so caught up with just like social media and like the internet and not focusing on my reading I was just gonna say that I really put that on my list because the, the reading challenge specifically because in high school I literally had no time for recreational reading that wasn't related to oh, yeah. like my English classes or yeah. research so I just plotted out those things that I wanted to do that existed outside of my project and I put things like you know exercising more mm-hmm. learning how um, to drive and yeah. that rough plan guided my gap year I'm not going to say that I followed it mm-hmm. um, bullet point for bullet point but it did provide overall just a really good idea of what I wanted to do and whenever I felt lost in this yeah. like gap year process I'd like go back to it and when my one of my, when my homeroom teacher asked me, you know, what I, why I was taking a gap year and if I was sure I wanted to do it, I just sent him like that document and he got back to me. He's like, okay, you know what you're doing. <laughs> I love that you also like in your um, like plan, it's just not all VTech related or career related. And you have that recreational, you know, stuff like reading and exercising. What are some of the things you've learned uh, from doing a gap year so far? Definitely in mind what in line with what you said, it's very important to have balance Hmm. during a gap year. I think that for people who have projects, nonprofits, or just are really, really passionate about a single thing, there's this tendency for us to have like this tunnel vision Mm -hmm. when it comes down to big deadlines or big project releases, that sort of thing. Um, It's so important to have activities, have habits outside of the project that you're working on or else you will fall into burnout and that's something that I am so so grateful 
did not have experience in the extremes, but I have seen like other young activists mm-hmm. um, fall kind of victim to it. And I think one thing that has really, really shaped my gap experience, especially, has been just having time to breathe. Like it sounds, mm-hmm. it sounds, it sounds very like a very like simple thing, but so much of high school was characterized, in my experience at least, by just trying to stay afloat and balancing mm-hmm. like this never-ending to-do list that I had. And in this gap year, I think I've gotten a lot better with self-care habits. And I also am going into college knowing, I mean, I'm not going to say that I have like a four-year plan, but I do have roughly an idea of how, of what I want to learn. And kind of I'm able to go into college saying that I have done everything I can to make me tech as stable as possible. So the two big takeaways are from the gap year, definitely that self-care is important. Make sure to take breaks and definitely use the time that you have to practice self-reflection, which is some yeah. which are things I think would really help with the college experience or um, to be determined. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you'll pursue um, VTech like throughout your college career and even after that? Going into college this year, my role will def- definitely change mm-hmm. in that I'll still be executive director and I'll still be managing operations um, internationally. So not in a local sense anymore. We are appointing a VTech Manila head and she'll be the point person for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, it's a really different structure change and I'm really excited to see how it goes um, because now, because we launched our chapter expansion program in January. So now we have chapters not just in the Philippines and different parts of the Philippines, but also um, in the United States. Mm-hmm. And you guys have like a local, I don't know, like an actual physical office in the Philippines? Oh, we don't. We just operate out of my, <laughs> my family's apartment. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's funny because I think after after using this gap year to reflect and mm-hmm. yeah, do that self-reflection I was talking about, I realized that the best decision would be to appoint someone to really lead what's happening yeah. here in the Philippines. And I think it's a really good way of like passing on uh-huh. you know role and just in the coming years I still see myself being involved with VTAC. But mm-hmm. I do think that this involvement will shift over time depending on like the needs of the organization and what I see myself getting involved in once I get to college. And you've traveled across the Philippines and even like across the world because of your work in VTech. Um, I think you've spoken in the United Nations, Association of Southeast Asian Nations, and even TEDx events. And did you attend these events while you were in school? I did. I did. So that was a crazy crazy. act. Yeah, how did you balance that as a full-time student? What was your routine like? So my routine was honestly not sustainable for, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I tried my best. But I think that the gap year was also really important because if I jumped into college with that same routine, I might have yeah. gone insane. Um, <laughs> the international speaking engagement I did during breaks, like mm, during, okay. yeah, during the, the Holy Week or like spring breaks and uh-huh. like, I think I did another one during Christmas break. So that scheduling 
um mm-hmm. so I was handled like that for international things but for my talks within the Philippines or just um, a car ride away a lot of the time I would have class from around 7 a.m to yeah. 2.30 and then I'd do an extracurricular in school my parents would then pick me up and we'd go over to like whatever talk I was supposed to give that day and then because of the horrible horrible Manila traffic I would usually be doing homework in the car yeah. or napping in the car before getting home doing school work and then I'd usually work from like 6 p.m to mm-hmm. around 12 a.m mm-hmm. in the morning and that would be like a mix of we tech and school work because the way that I work is that we tech's kind of my break from studying yeah. so it's like if I do some I do some notes I'd study like prepare this presentation for class and then like in between I'd like check emails for VTech I'd hop on calls with my team to the point where I'd end up falling asleep at around <laughs> 1 to 2 a.m in the morning and like waking up I did a really crazy thing during senior year specifically where I'd wake up at 4 or 5 a.m just oh to work gosh. on college applications before classes started. So that was not a sustainable schedule, but that's what got me through the two yeah. years of, of junior and senior year of high school. That's an insane work ethic. Oh my gosh. And I also want to ask about like, how did you train yourself to speak eloquently in front of huge crowds during like your speaking events? It was honestly a big, or a really something that really helped me in terms of speaking experience developing public speaking skills was just volunteering to speak in class <laughs> yeah yeah like, i don't know about the us or in other countries for that matter but here in the philippines in the local school i went to before transferring to mm-hmm. an international one there were so many opportunities to give a presentation for right. a group and like or like you know volunteer to speak during assemblies and It was about middle school where I just really started volunteering and just being very proactive about it. And mm-hmm. by the time that I ended high school, I was being sent by my school to different pitching competitions, different entrepreneurship, business case study competitions. That's yeah. the word. <laughs> and I was able to pitch, I think, in my freshman year I was already able to pitch to different you know business executives mm-hmm. during like the finals of these different um business yeah. case study competitions and we were literally put in rooms with these adults in like really stiff suits and that were unsmiling you know <laughs> and like just putting all of the criticism on us and that's what really gave me a thick skin yeah. as well in terms of speaking in front of crowd so by the time that I secured my first speaking engagement um, at the ASEAN Young Entrepreneurs Carnival it was to 4,000 people and when oh I gosh. stepped on stage it didn't honestly feel as scary as I thought really it was going to be yeah it was it was strange and I realized it was because I was talking about something that mm-hmm. I genuinely love right. you know representation of women in STEM we tech Whereas I would get so nervous before, before, um, during business competitions, those mm-hmm. types of pitches, because I realized I didn't really love doing that. And when I got to talk about something that I genuinely find joy in, like WeTech, 
like this woman in STEM movement. And when I just focused on imparting my my journey, what I've learned, uh, what WeTech is doing, when I focus on thinking how do we get to inspire the audience to you know start their own nonprofits or invest in youth-led projects. That was when my my purpose really shone through and that was when I really got the nervousness away and remembered that you know this is my shot. Yeah, I totally relate with that experience of yours. Uh, I did the speech competition last fall and it was another like kind of big event and I was really nervous about it because I haven't really spoken to that huge of a crowd before. And I, and the topic that I discussed some, it was something that I was really passionate about. And then when it was time for me to talk, like everything just like flowed out really smoothly. And I was really surprised because I felt like, um, like you were saying, I was just like very passionate about what I was like talking about. And I guess that confidence just, you know, exuded. And I love that advice you said about volunteering and practicing for sure and getting as much experience as you can with uh, public speaking. And to wrap up our conversation, I want to ask, like, what advice do you have for young girls interested in pursuing tech? Ooh, one piece of advice that I have for young girls pursuing tech would be to remember that you will always have a community available to you online. Mm -hmm. So even though in your immediate community, similar to my experiences, you may not have that many people supporting you in pursuing tech or you may not have role models that you know in your life in tech, there will be communities like tech that are cheering you on and that have resources available for you to interact with women in tech role models, to meet girls that are also interested in pursuing tech. And that's all just at your fingertips, whether it's on the WeTech blog or it's on Instagram if you want to get in touch with people like me that are more than happy to support you and answer any questions you have. Another piece of advice I have would be to remember that by pursuing tech, you're not just creating opportunities for yourself and breaking gender barriers, of course, but you're also teaching the next generation of young girls mm -hmm. to see and to know that you can do anything regardless of like what gender you were born into, despite what society is telling you, despite what the media is telling you, despite all this pushback that maybe unconsciously you're experiencing about technology. Just by doing that CS tutorial, by speaking up against microaggressions mm -hmm. um, in the classroom or outside of the classroom, you are creating change that will hopefully make technology and other very male-dominated fields inclusive for the future generations of young girls. It's empowering to think of what will happen in the future for young people that grow up not knowing or not thinking of tech being linked to a specific gender. And that's kind of the dream that my team and I are really going for here at VTech. We're really trying to work towards the future where anybody can access tech regardless of their gender, socioeconomic status. So I think to wrap kind of all of what I just set up, I, while it's important to know why you want to go into technology, it's also very key to think how can you use tech mm -hmm. to make other people's lives, to make people in, in your community better? And how can we look at those intersections of technology and social good and 
how can we best make technology a more inclusive field so that it's not just those girls that have access to technology that are creating the change, but anybody really that wishes to do so can make the change as well. So that's my piece of advice for anyone that wants to go into tech. I love that. I just felt like so inspired and like energized by your advice. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah. Thank you so much, Audrey, for coming on on the podcast today. Uh, It was so lovely to talk with you. Thank you so much, Gabby. Thank you for having me. This has been such a fun conversation and the time just flew by. Yeah, I know. I know. I was like, wow, we've been talking for quite some time. But yeah, this was such a great episode. Thanks again, Audrey. Have an amazing day. Bye. Bye. And that was today's episode with Audrey Peh. Be sure to check her out and her amazing work at WeTech. All of her links can be found in the description of this podcast. Follow at Off She Goes Podcast as well on Instagram to stay up to date with the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll chat with you next Monday.